0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. Have you guys ever had a regret Ever done something you regret? Ever said something you regret? Have You ever said something to your spouse that you thought they forgot that they didn't, and you regret saying it? Yeah? Ever done that? Ever had anything said to you that you thought you forgot and then you didn't, and your spouse regretted it? Yeah. We all do. We all have regrets. We all have things we've done that we wish we could take back. We've all made decisions we wish we could unmake. Uh, Sometimes we've bought something and said, oh, I wish I didn't buy that. You ever had that? You ever bought a pair of jeans and you thought they were one size and they were a different size? And you said, oh, I really regret that. Uh, Yeah. So we've bought vehicles that we wish we hadn't have bought. Many of us have gotten into relationships we've regretted getting into. We just said, I wish I hadn't gotten into that. So what I want to talk about this morning is ways to make better decisions. Ways to follow Jesus better. And in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus about how to live as children of the light. He said, you guys are different than you used to be. You once were this, now you're this because of Jesus. Here's how to walk that out. And then in the middle of that chapter, he kind of lists some things like, don't do this stuff anymore because you're not that person anymore. But then he says, here's some ways to live this out practically. And I don't know about you guys, but I pray all the time for God to give me wisdom, right? You ever pray that? Lord, help me to have wisdom. Help me to know what to do in these situations. Help me to know how to make these decisions and live this stuff out. Paul talks about that in this chapter. And so in chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 15. Paul says this, So be careful how you live. Good advice, right? Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. (laughs) <laughs> don't you want to put that on people's cars sometimes don't act thoughtlessly I, I, I digress uh but understand what the lord wants you to do don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the lord wants you to do and there's so much in this chapter we could go into but we're going to stop right there for a moment and uh we're going to talk about this how to live wisely and not foolishly so lord i pray this morning as we look into your word that you would speak to us today What I know I'm preaching this to myself, uh, among others. So I just pray you help us today to take your word and apply it to our lives and to live with wisdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many of you guys have ever had problems with self-discipline? Yeah, I think most of us could probably raise our hands. When I was younger, I really, really struggled with this. I'm getting better in my older age, uh, but I'm not even close to where I want to be. But I used to really struggle with getting things done on time. I was a I hate this word, procrastinator. I remember in college staying up all night drinking Mountain Dew and eating ramen noodles trying to finish a paper that was due at seven o'clock that morning. Like, ever, I remember sprinting across campus, like literally dead run, because the deadline was in like two minutes and I had to get under my professor's door before the deadline. It was awful. And so, my lovely wife has helped me a lot with that because she's a pretty disciplined person. She's really helped me with this. But I remember when I was a young, I was a youth pastor, I didn't have to do a lot of paperwork. And then we moved, and suddenly I was the lead pastor of this little church in Colorado. And suddenly I was responsible for a whole lot of paperwork. I hate paperwork. I hate it with a passion. I despise it. And so I remember, you know, as this little church, I was the only staff member, and I was volunteer. And so I had a pastor friend who had a, a little larger church, and he did the book work for me. But I was responsible for opening the mail, for putting all the donations into the computer, getting all the bills together to him at the right time. And we would meet once a week outside the prison where I worked, and he would take the bills, and he would pay them for me. But I was responsible to get all his paperwork done, and I was always late getting the paperwork done. And this guy was really good at tough love. And so finally one day, I was making excuses. I was like, ah, you know, I, just, I, I forgot this. And he finally said, Rex, it's not always the other person's fault. And I was, I was mad for about four hours that night. I was walking around the prison. Who does he think you? And then God, does God ever do that smack you on the side of the head? And he said, it's your fault. Like, God kind of said that. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I made a vow from that day forward to get better at this stuff. And I've gotten much better. I'm much more disciplined, but I'm still not anywhere close to where I want to be. But this is one of the things Paul says here. If we want to live better without as many regrets, we have to learn to make wise choices. Wise choices. And so this is something that applies to every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching online. We all need help making better choices so that we have fewer what? Regrets. And I know that all of us deal with this. So Paul gives us a lot of advice. How do we make better choices? How do we cause less drama in our own lives? Now, How many of you know there's drama that we can't avoid? There's just drama that comes on us. There's things that happen to us that we can't do anything about. But then there's a lot of drama we bring on ourselves, right? So family drama, you can't always deal with that because unless you just avoid your family and you can't really do that because they're your family, right? Some of that just comes with the territory. But then other stuff, we make poor decisions and it causes all kinds of chaos and drama in our lives. So Paul says, if you want to get less of that, here's what to do. The first thing he says is we have to live carefully. He says, be careful how you live. What does careful mean? It means careful. Take care. (laughs) Look out. So he says a few things here up in chapter 5. But he says, first, we have to live with love. It says we have to live with love. In chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with what? Love. Following the example of Christ. So he says that we need to live with love. We need to have love in our lives. Again, in Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40, Jesus gives the great commandment, is what we call it. And he says, Someone came and asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So if we want to live great lives, you have to love God first. But then he says, A second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying if we will love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor like we love ourselves, we will do everything written in here. If we simply live with love, we will fulfill everything in here. So if we want to live lives with fewer regrets and better decisions, we have to make sure that love is what guides us. We have to let love guide our decision making. We have to let love guide what we do, the choices we make. And here's just a side note. If you're in a relationship and you say, I don't know if this is a good relationship, is that relationship marked by love? If it is, it's a pretty good relationship. If it's not, it's probably not. We tell couples when we're doing premarital counseling, you know, we we do this whole chapter on evaluating your relationship. Should you be in this relationship? And we say, does that person make you better? If that person makes you a better person, you're probably in a pretty good relationship. If you regret things you do when you're with them, Probably not a great one. Does that make sense? How about friends? (laughs) When I was in high school and I gave my heart to Christ, I started trying to follow Jesus. I had to get some new friends because I loved the guys that were my friends, but I made really bad choices when I was with them. And it was me, but they didn't help me any. So I said, you know, I probably need to find some new friends. And I started hanging out with people at church a little more and some of those guys a little less. And I'm still friends with some of them and they're great people. But I had to grow up, and they grew up, and we got better. Um, But we need to make sure that we let love guide us. The second thing is we have to live with standards. We must live with standards. If we want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets, we have to live with a certain standard. And that's what Paul said, let let your life imitate Christ. And then in verse 3 of chapter 5, he starts going down this list. He says, don't do all this stuff. In other words, if you want to be a person who lives with better decisions and fewer regrets, you need to have what? Standards. You need to set a standard for yourself. You need to set a standard for your family. We tell our kids all the time, we don't do this because this is not who we are. This is not something that we do. We don't treat people that way. We don't do this. We don't do that. We have to live with standards. And guys, here's the thing. If I want to live differently than everyone else, I have to live what? Differently. If I want to have different outcomes, I have to have different standards. What I put in is going to come out. So I have to live differently. So guys, if we want to live with better decisions and fewer regrets, we have to have different standards in the world around us. Our standard has to be love. It has to be love. So we have to be different than those around us in the way that we prioritize, the way that we talk, the way that we act. And these are things Paul says further up in chapter 5. He says we have to act differently. He says you can't do all the same stuff people in the world do if you want to live differently. We have to prioritize differently. We have to act differently. So we have to have different standards. And guys, please understand, I'm not preaching at anyone. I will never preach a message at you. <laughs> I just preach what God's Word says, and then if we get convicted, that's the Holy Spirit convicting us, right? I know there's a lot of times I come out of here, I preach a message, and God's nailing me as I'm writing the message. So... It applies to all of us. So we have to act differently. And then we have to live with conviction. We have to live with conviction. What does that mean? We have to have standards. We have to have convictions. I have to believe what I say I believe. And where does that come out? In the way that I live. If I go and tell people, hey, I'm a Christ follower. I go to church. I love Jesus. Then my life better look like that. Yeah? Yeah? It needs to look that way. With The things that I do, the outcome, Paul calls it fruit, you know, because trees produce fruit. Christians produce fruit. My fruit needs to be Jesus' fruit. We had this guy, he was a rodeo missionary, an incredible guy, and he had this old saying. He says, you know how a rain barrel gets full up with water? He says, full up, that was his term. And you bump into it, what comes out? Rainwater, right? He says, if you're a Christian, you need to be so full up with Jesus, and when people bump into you, Jesus comes out. That's a pretty great illustration. I know there are times when people bump into me, Jesus doesn't come out. Frustration comes out, right? You ever slipped a wrench and bust your knuckle on a something? What comes out? <laughs> Whatever's inside comes out, right? I know I was working on my motorcycle the other day trying to get a tire on. I had to just stop. I said, you know what, this is not going to end well for me or the bike. I can just take a break. I had to go downstairs and do something else and then come back later with Amy and my son to help me because I was getting really frustrated. So I need to make sure that my life is so full of Jesus that Jesus comes out. That's conviction. That's living like I believe it. That's making sure that I'm living what I say I live. So we have to live with conviction. I have to live out what I believe and what I know to be true. So Paul tells the Ephesians, he said, once you were darkness, but now you're children of light. So you have to live as children of light. So guys, if I, wanna, if I want my life to be different, if I want to live making better decisions and regretting fewer things, I have to make sure that I live out what I say I believe. When people observe me, they need to know that I live out what I believe. When people observe my family, they need to make sure that we are living out what we believe. Because guess what? The people around you are watching to see if you really are what you say you are. We have a motorcycle ministry within our Denominations called Honor Bound. A lot of our guys here and a lot of ladies are honorbound members. When we put that patch on, you know what it means? It doesn't just mean I belong to this motorcycle, and you don't even have to have a motorcycle to be part of Honorbound. You can be part of Honorbound without a bike if you want to come support us. But you sign a paper saying I'm gonna live this way. In our on Honorbound, when I put that patch on, when I go out and I ride down the road with that patch on, people ex- expect a certain standard. And we have had bikers wearing that patch, and they've gone into places and acted in a way that wasn't reflecting that patch. You know what happens? Other bikers take that patch off of them, and they send it into Springfield. And they said they didn't deserve to be wearing this. They know how we live, and they know how we're supposed to live. Same way, if you wear a church shirt, a Calvary shirt, you need to make sure that you're living in a way that reflects that, Right? I read a story one time, a pastor pulled out in front of somebody on accident. He, he pulled out, didn't see him, so he kind of sped up, and they whipped around him and honked their horn. And when they got to the stoplight, the guy was flipping him off. And then he looked over and realized who he, he was flipping off his pastor. That guy went to his church, and he kind of went, and he pulled out ahead, and he had a church sticker on his car. And the pastor said, we had a conversation later about that. Uh, he didn't realize it was his pastor that cut him off. He was saying he wasn't living like he was supposed to be living, right? So, guys, none of us are ever perfect. We're never going to get this down to a T, but we need to do our very best. And then we have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us, right? So if I want to live better with fewer regrets, I have to live carefully. And then I have to live with wisdom. I have to live with wisdom. What does this mean? Wisdom is simply applying God's Word to our lives and making choices based on that. So what does that mean, to live with wisdom? Well, the first thing is I have to understand that everything we do, everything I do, is connected. Everything we do is connected. What does that mean? Uh, It means we do not live in isolation. We did for a while, (laughs) a couple years ago with COVID. But everything we live and everything we do is connected. That means the choice I make now is going to affect me when? Down the road. It means the choice that I make at school is going to affect me at home. A choice I make at work is going to affect me at school because we live connected. Everything we do is connected. Just so you want to flip to that next slide there. We live connected. Thank you, buddy. We live connected. So I have to understand the decisions I make today are going to affect me tomorrow. Now, if I make a bad choice, if I sin, and I go and say, Lord, please forgive me, does he forgive me? Absolutely. Will I still have consequences sometimes? Absolutely because everything is connected sometimes we think you know when I was younger I thought you know when I grow up I'll act different but right now I'm going to act the way I want to that doesn't work because what I do then affects me now people I talk to in my hometown still some some still think that I'm still the same kid I was then I go home and they say what do you do now I was like oh my pastor you're a what <laughs> they let you <laughs> like well I'm different than I used to be oh okay because of Jesus, right? So we have to understand that things we do then. You know, we think, well, I'll act this way in high school, then when I get in college, I'll grow up. No. Because connected. Well, I'm going to act this way in college, and then when I get out in the real world, i just tell you, your employers, look at your Facebook. <clears throat> your future employers, look at your Facebook. So everything we do is connected, right? So we have consequences. So we avoid foolish actions. Paul says... Don't live like those who are fools, but those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So we have to avoid foolish actions. And when he says foolish actions, the word in, in the Greek actually is more like stupid. We avoid stupid actions, really. I mean, if you want to interpret it really close. Uh, it means almost stupid or imprudence or senseless folly is what one commentary said. So there are things that we know we avoid, right? If I know, if I want to make a decision, I say, well, should I do this? If it violates scripture, should I do it? No, we call those black and white decisions. If it violates the law in most cases, should I do it? No, those are black and white. But what do we do in those gray areas? What do we do in those areas that aren't black or white? So we have to look and ask the wisdom questions here in just a moment. But, guys, if we want to avoid foolish actions, there are certain places we need to avoid, right? There are certain places we just don't go because we know. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we were talking about healthy habits. So we know that there are certain places we just don't go because we're tempted to do things we shouldn't do, right? We know there are people we shouldn't be around because we just know that that wouldn't be good for us. So we have this this pattern. But then those gray areas... When we want to find out those, we have to ask the wise question. The wise question. Now, this comes from a book. I've mentioned it before. One of my very favorite books of all time, written by a guy named Andy Stanley. It's called, the old version is called The Best Question Ever. The newer one is called Ask It. So if you like to read, write that down. That's a great, great book. He goes over this in detail. But I want to share this question that he gives. He says, if you'll ask this question, it'll help you make better choices. And it's actually kind of a three-part question. So it's kind of cheating. It's got three parts to it. Uh, So it's not just one question. It's really kind of three. But so this question is, what is the wise thing to do? (laughs) You say, well, that's a great question, right? The wise. Now, it doesn't say what is the right thing to do. It says what is the wise thing to do? Because how many of you know there are times when I can do something that's right, but it's still not wise? So I know If I want to sleep at night, I don't eat something super spicy right before I go to bed or I have really weird dreams. Everybody else have that? It's just weird. So I know it's right. I can do it, but it's probably not smart. We were on a mission strip one time. We were hanging out with this missionary, and he said he really liked sushi. And he said they had this sushi challenge. You eat the spiciest sushi, and if you can eat it all, you you get it free or whatever. So he's like, that was not a wise choice for me because he said he ate it all and then he went home went to bed he said he woke up in the middle of the night soaked in sweat like completely soaked and he was like my stomach hurt I didn't smell very good and I was soaked in sweat my wife kicked me out of bed it's like she made me go lay outside because I smelled up the house so he said he was laying out in the grass in his underwear looking up at this guy saying Lord why did I do that and He was like that was not a wise choice I'll never do that again I learned right so we have to understand that there are questions so What is the wise choice? So there's three parts of this. I didn't put them in your notes. Well, maybe I did. I don't remember. Maybe I did. So write these down or take notes. I think they're in there. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my past experience, how many of you know none of us had the same experiences in life? We all grew up differently. Even kids in the same household grew up differently, right? So in light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? Based on what has happened to me in the past, what is the wise thing to do in this situation? Based on what I maybe want to avoid because of what's happened in the past, what would be the wise thing to do? So maybe I had a bad relationship in the past and that person wants to date me again. Would that be wise? No. Maybe I had this habit of being in debt and I finally got out of debt. Should I go take out a huge car loan? Probably not wise, right? If I had whatever in my past... Is this a wise thing for me to do? So we have to understand this is not necessarily what's wise for everyone, but what is wise for me. I know that I have a tendency to overindulge in certain things. Reese's. I, I just can't stop eating Reese's. I, I love peanut butter. I don't know why. So I, have to, I know that it's not wise for me to have a ton of Reese's at my disposal, so I have to ration them. <laughs> Otherwise, I overeat. Amy gets me a peanut butter pie sometimes from Madeline's, they make this incredible peanut butter pie. It is insane. And like, I'll give everybody a piece and I take the rest for myself. And I always regret it because like, I just eat and eat and eat and eat. So I have to ration it. I'd say, no, I cannot have more, right? So I know based on my past and what happened to me then, I have to be wise about this, right? So based on our past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? And then in light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? In light of what is happening in my life right now, what is the wise thing to do? What is your work situation? What is your home situation? What is your financial situation? You know, you may say, I really want to buy this, but I don't have the money right now, so it wouldn't be a wise thing to buy that right now. I really want to do this, but I know I have kids in the house, so I probably shouldn't do that because it's not wise. I really want to do this, but I'm taking college classes, so this would not be wise for me. Maybe, I want to do this, but I know calving season is coming up, so that wouldn't be wise to do, right? Whatever it is, whatever your circumstances, maybe you're in a new job, maybe you just broke up with someone. If you just break up with someone, is it wise to jump into another relationship? No. You need time to heal, right? Maybe I, whatever, maybe you're low on cash and your friends want to go out and you say, you know, it wouldn't be wise for me to do that right now, so I'm going to stay home instead and watch Netflix or whatever it is, all right? So emotionally, where I'm at emotionally, is this wise? Where I'm at financially, where I'm at spiritually, where I'm at professionally, what is the wise thing to do? And here's a great question: what's going on in my life right now that would make this an unwise choice? What is going on in my life right now? So, Andy Stanley in the book, he has this phrase: know for now, but not forever. Know for now but not forever. So you may have to say no to something in your life right now because of what is going on in your life right now. I know when the kids were really little, I wanted a motorcycle. And we said, that would probably not be wise because we have little kids in the house. And if you go die on it, I'm raising them by myself and I don't want that. Or, you know, we need that money for diapers, not for a motorcycle. So it was no for them, but not forever, right? So guys, maybe there are things going on in your life right now and you say, you know, I really want to do this, but I don't know if it's wise. We'll look at it through this lens. Based on what happened in the past, my past experiences, based on what's going on in my life right now, and then lastly, based on my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And this goes back to everything being what? Connected. We understand that life is connected. So based on what happened in the past, what's happening now, and what I want to do down the road, what would be the wise thing? And we tell people this all the time with relationships, Is this relationship you're in now gonna get you where you wanna go? Is this job you're in now gonna get you where you want to go? And it's hard to look to the future sometimes isn't it? Especially when you're young because I really wanna do this, is that gonna get you where you wanna go? Is that road gonna get you where you wanna go? And I tell this to young people, is this road you're on right now gonna get you where you wanna go? Parents, is this going to get you where you want to go with your kids? Is this going to get you? So this is a really easy way to make good decisions. And I love this line that's in the book. He's talking to people who are dating someone. He says, don't trade your future for someone you have a suspicion is not going to be in your future. Don't trade your future for someone you have a suspicion is not going to be in your future. In other words, don't make choices now. They're going to hurt you down the road if you have a thought that person may not be there. This works with friendships, right? If I know this person I'm hanging out with, is probably not going to be my friend down the road, but they're wanting me to do something stupid, I probably shouldn't do that because they're not going to be around down the road anyway. So we have to look at where we want to get down the road, where we want to go. And here's the funny thing. The people that, especially if you're younger, if you're in high school or college, these people that you hang out with right now that are bad influences are probably not going to be around down the road. But they're hurting you now and hoping to hurt your future down the road. So think about those kind of things. So we have to ask the wise question. And lastly, we have to make the most of every opportunity. We have to make the most of every opportunity. So to do that, we learn to take the opportunities given to us. We learn to take the opportunities that are given to us. So what is meant, I love this, the commentary I was looking at said, is to make the best possible use of all circumstances, like a prudent merchant. You ever been to a theme park, and it starts raining, like Six Flags, Disney World Universal, starts raining, what happens? Umbrella carts pop up out of nowhere. It is insane. I mean, like, it gets cloudy, and all of a sudden, everywhere you look, there's umbrellas for sale. It's amazing. I mean, we were at Silver Dollar City one time, and it wasn't supposed to rain, but, you know, Missouri, it can rain in an instant. So we're there, and it starts raining, and all of a sudden, all around us are ponchos and umbrellas for sale. But they're not the normal price. They're about three times what you would normally pay for one. So I think we paid 10 bucks for a trash bag to put over our heads. It was amazing. But you know what? They are opportunistic, they understand. And so that's what Paul's saying take the most of opportunities God gives you. So, guys, God gives us incredible opportunities sometimes, and we need to be ready for them. So, Paul's saying if you want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets, Take the opportunities that God gives you. I can't tell you how many times I said, man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have been ready to do that. And I look back now, I say, man, I wasted an opportunity to talk to somebody. I wasted an opportunity to do something. So and this is the times are evil. And understand, when Paul is talking about the times being evil, what we look at today as evil is nothing compared to what was going on in Paul's time. Christians were being persecuted left and right. They were being murdered. They were being lit on fire and used as torches and gardens for the emperors. I mean, it was a rough time to be a Christian. Paul's saying, because of what's going on there now, use wisdom and take the opportunity that God gives. So we have to understand that floating along with the culture is not going to get us where we want to go. So be ready for the opportunities God gives us. And then we have to learn to invest our time wisely. What does it mean to invest our time? We have to understand that time is limited, right? And it's valuable. You know, it's funny, you get to a certain point in your life where time is more valuable to you than money. You ever been there? It happens as you get older. (laughs) You say, I would much rather have time than have more money. But you know how we look at time? We look at it as an investment. So what do I want to do? Do I want to use this time to do this or to do this? And again, it goes back to that wise question. Based on what's happened in my past, is this the best use of my time? Based on what's happening now, is this the best use of my time? Based on where I want to get in the future, is this the best use of my time? I remember when I was a college student, we had an all-guy dorm I lived in. It was pretty amazing. You ever played the board game Risk? Risk takes forever to play It's a game of world domination, and we would play it in the dorms, and it would drag on for a week. I kid you not, a week. And I remember I'm sitting there playing this game with my friends, I'm thinking, I really need to be writing a paper right now, but I really want to take the Ukraine from this guy, or I really want to take Russia, or I really want to take the Middle East, so I'm going to stay a little longer. And then I'm up all night writing a paper because I didn't use my time wisely. So we have to, say Ukraine was probably not the best thing, what's going on right now. I just thought about that. Um, But we have to make the most of our time based on what we want to get, where we want to get. So we need to invest time in our families, in God's Word, in our relationships, in spiritual formation. And and hardly any people get to the end of their lives saying, I wish I would have spent time doing this instead of this. And it's usually, I wish I would have spent more time in my family. I wish I would have spent more time in God's Word. So invest time wisely. And lastly, we have to seek God's will for our lives. When he says, understand God's will for you, he's saying, we have to put our minds to it to understand what God wants for us. And guys, so many times we say, well, I really want to know what God has for me, but I'm not hearing it. You know how we found out what God wants for us? It's right here. He gives it to us. Do what we know to do in here, and then everything will become more clear. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but it came out that way. But when we don't know what to do, do what we know we need to do. So we say, I don't know what direction I need to go. Well, just keep doing what you know to do in God's will. And then the rest of it will become clear. So he's telling them, do what you know to do, and then God will make everything else clear. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up today. I know this is kind of a heavier message. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of, yeah, in this one. But this is something that we really need to look at. We all need God's wisdom for our lives. We all want to make better decisions. I don't think I've ever met anyone who says, you know, I really want to make a horrible decision today. That would be really fun. I really want to do something I'm going to regret for the next 10 years today. That will be great. So we all want to make better decisions. We all want to find out what God wants for us. So this is the way that we do it. So would you stand this morning, if you're physically able... So, Lord, we just come this morning and we ask that you would help each and every one of us in this room, help each and every one of us watching online to make better decisions, to make better use of our time, to make wise choices that honor you in the way that we live. So, Lord, I just pray that you would begin to speak to each and every one of our hearts today. Lord, if there's areas that we need to work on in our lives, would you show us what those are? And let us know that it's it's really hard in ourselves, but through your power we can do it through your strength within us, we can make better choices. We can have fewer regrets in our lives. So if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I haven't started that journey. I've never asked Jesus to forgive my sins or maybe at one point I did, but I've really walked away. And I wanna get back to that. I mean, just slip your hand up right where you're at. I wanna pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor, I need to live more carefully. I want to live a life marked by love, marked by better standards, marked by better convictions. That's you just saying, yeah, I really need help on this. So you just slip your hand up right where we're at. We want to pray with you this morning. Yeah, absolutely. You're going you say, you know what? That question that you ask, the wise question, I need to work on that. That's it. That's you. Just slip your hand up. I need to work on better, asking better questions. Yeah. And last, if you're here, say, you know what? I just really need to make the most of my time. I waste a lot of time and then I really want to get it back. I want to do better on that going forward. That's you. Would you slip your hand up? Yeah. Well, Father, I just pray for all those that raise their hands this morning. What I know a lot of us need to live more carefully, live lives marked with love, marked with conviction, living out what we believe. And what I know a lot of us need help making wise choices, not just for now, but for our future, to get where we want to be in you. And I know many of us today need to work on investing our time, making better use of that, taking the opportunities that you present to us and living so that we can be ready when those opportunities become available. So Lord, would you help us in those things today to live lives making better decisions and having fewer regrets? So if you're here this morning and you say, you know, I really wanna pray about one of these things, we're gonna sing a song. I'm gonna invite you to just come up to the front. Someone will come and meet you here and pray with you. If you have a need, if something's going on in your life and you want to pray for that, you can come up front as well. People will meet you here and pray for you. So as we have seen this last song, I'm just going to put you up, take some time in God's presence to work on these things.